0: Welcome to Health Yeah. I'm Jack Ayers.
1: I'm Rachel Loder and I'm Kate Dixon. This is a podcast by health professionals and students for health professionals and students, keeping you in the know on
2: health policy happenings in Kansas and beyond. This episode was recorded on October 10th in Kansas City, Kansas. Just as in medicine, the world of policy evolves quickly and things may have changed by the time you hear this podcast. Welcome to the first episode of health. Yeah, we are so excited to show you what we've been working on. This podcast has been in the works for several months now and has been made possible with the generous help of folks not only in Kansas, but across the nation. Every other week, we will be bringing you a five-minute quick and dirty on the latest and greatest in state and federal health policy news, followed by a 25-minute conversation with health policy experts on the various topics we've heard you all want to learn more about. Today, we'll be giving you a little background on who we are, why we think this is important, and we'll wrap things up with a dose of the basics, talking about health coverage in Kansas and what that looks like for different populations in our state. So every week we are going to do a segment called Hot Takes. We're going to bring on staff and faculty from the University of Kansas Medical Center to talk about their work, give a quick few minute blurb on their involvement in health policy and why they think it's important. The University of Kansas Medical Center has already given us so much as students and um, as employees, and we want this to serve as also a platform for staff and faculty to get their word out as well. Time for the tea.
0: That's right. It's time for the tea. This is the way that we will kick off each of our episodes. Nope, it has nothing to do with golf or an old fashioned beverage, but it's a time when Kate and I will give you an update about what's been going on regarding health policy in the halls of our state and national capitals.
2: Part of why we wanted to start Health Yeah um, in January 2020 is because it's going to be a really exciting year in health policy. So we have Medicaid expansion at the state level here in Kansas that is going to be talked about right out of the gate in the legislature. When this episode drops, the legislature won't quite have started yet here in the state, um, but We'll be starting shortly after, and those discussions are going to happen quickly.
0: And I think it would be really interesting to see, not uh, you know, in addition to Medicaid expansion, um, what are some other innovative solutions that our legislators are coming up with um, to to solve the many issues that we have in our state as it relates to healthcare. Absolutely, Medicaid expansion is a piece of the of a much larger, more complex puzzle. Absolutely, and i you know, there we have a lot of work to do with uh, with medical education. We have a lot of work to do um, as it relates to different practice, um, you know, setups, um, and, and even some um, some federal um, components as well, which of course we'll talk big about. Big year,
2: big year. 2020 election year, uh, there's going to be a lot of discussions on a larger scale of what different presidential plans look like for changing the health care system as a whole Um, and there is a lot of discussion on different medicare proposals especially part d which is the uh, part of medicare that covers drug costs. big buzzword going around the health policy world right now we're going to use the t as an opportunity to describe those to you and give you the 411 on what's happening every other week
0: here comes the dose
2: yeah here comes the dose We'd like to take this pilot episode to quickly introduce ourselves, give you our background and tell you why we believe this is so, so important to take time out of all of our busy schedules to better educate ourselves on policy issues. Rachel, why don't you kick us off? Tell us about you.
1: Hello, I'm Rachel, and, and I'm in my last year of nursing school. Um, excuse my extra-nasally voice today. I have bro- both a broken and congested nose, and it's honestly too bad this podcast deal doesn't come with video because my splint is pretty neato. You look great, girl. You look great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, so I have virtually zero experience in health policy, unlike my fellow co-hosts, Kate and Jack. But I've had the pleasure of working in rural Peru as a Peace Corps volunteer and shout out to Kate for visiting me there in the literal middle of nowhere. I'm doing some research in Guatemala about grassroots community development and working as an interpreter and care coordinator at Vibrant Health and FQHC. And tell us what that is. F, federally, Q, qualified, H, health, C, center. Basically, it's like a diamond in the rough of our healthcare system that helps tons of people access somewhat affordable healthcare and that was here in Wyandotte County. So I've turned into a public health enthusiast, and this microphone is my way of shouting shouting it from the mountaintops. No 14ers around here, but anyway, that's the what to my why. Um, I'm here for the community aspect of health policy and how that affects diverse populations. As a nursing student, my mind is blown away by this vital link between what goes on up at the policy level and how that affects the most nitty-gritty aspects of life from anyone from a rural Peruvian mother to a suburban family and Johnson County, to the fine Swedish farmers in my hometown, to the fresh out of the OR liver transplant patients I help care for in the ICU. Anywho, I'm here to tame down these brilliant policy dweebs with microphones so that the rest of us with non-policy backgrounds can clue in and get a solid understanding of what's going on, why it's important to us, and how it affects our practice and lives. Kate and Jack, I've got my
2: spray bottle ready. (laughs) Thanks so much, Rachel. So Rachel and I met um, working at Rockabelly Barn Deli um, during college at Kansas State, um, and we immediately claimed each other as lifelong friends. So we've been talking about doing this podcast now for a couple of years, and I'm so excited that we're finally making it happen. Rachel's background and experience with community health and social determinants have always blown me away. She's always inspired me, and I'm so glad to have her on Team Health. Yeah. Thanks, Rachel. As for Jack, I also claimed him as an immediate lifelong friend. Um, We just met this summer when we started medical school together here at KUMC. Uh, Jack is also a wildcat, email baby, and a policy nerd with incredible experience at the state level. So Jack, take it away. Give us the 411.
0: Well, thank you, Kate. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, my name is Jack Ayers. I'm a first-year med student. so My interest in health policy is really a nice merger of two different hobbies and interests that I have with health outcomes and with public policy. Um, My passion for public policy comes as i reflect on the countless times that i have uh, realized that medicine is more than medications and procedures right i think that's something that we all have mm-hmm. kind of come to realize but in order to create the health outcomes that we want we have to think outside of the walls of hospitals and exam rooms and this is the kind of thinking that i was exposed to when i volunteered with the talented volunteers and staff at the deshane clinic in kck throughout college uh that made me excited to be a doctor and I've always really had this interest in leadership and in politics throughout college. Um, and which, by the way, in case you missed it earlier, go go K State. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats. Ema,
2: Ema, Meow. I uh,
0: had the opportunity to really dive in deep with politics and policy. Um, I served as student body president at K State and chaired a statewide committee of uh, border region student body presidents. And it was there when I started to realize um, just how important health care policy is in the Capitol. Two things that I had never really connected before. So, following graduation, I spent a year working in the governor's office, uh, and as we traveled to every corner of the state together, I realized that regardless of where we were, healthcare drives the conversation, uh, because truly, we can't live without it. And that inspired me to spend a few months this spring uh, working at a hospital in southwest Kansas, uh, in Laken, Kansas, and I realized there exactly what it looks like when the rubber meets the road on healthcare policy. So, I think... You know, to sum it up, we know healthcare is about creating equitable systems, guaranteeing access to affordability, and making the crooked ways straight, so to speak. And as future doctors and healthcare professionals, I think the onus is on us to be proactive leaders in our community, is to be advocates for our patient, not just in the exam room, but in the administrative offices of the hospitals and chambers of our governing bodies at every level. And that's exactly why I'm excited to be a part. Of this group
2: here here
0: here I here we can, i think we can work on these things right
2: i think, I, uh, I totally agree i <laughs> think everybody
0: and i think one of the unique things about having the three of us here is that we all bring very different experiences so Absolutely. even we we're talking a little before this even rachel and i though we both worked um in facilities in Wyandotte County, uh, those were different, right? Those are different options, FQHC and a safety net clinic, right?
2: They're 15 minutes away from each other.
0: They're very close, yeah. But yeah. at the same time... It's super um, different. Very different. And I think that was really... That's really unique when you look at how that is one of the many things that exists beyond the scope of the exam room, things like that. And you think about... Um, Got to zoom out a little ways bit. Ways to build a system. Exactly. Yeah. So...
2: Cool. Let's get to it. Yeah, there it is. That's the 411 on Jack. So a little bit about me. Um, I spent the last two years out in D.C. I, I did a lot of work in health policy while getting my master of public health at the George Washington University. Um, I started by working in the House of Representatives. I was there for about a year and a half before I hopped over to the private side. And I worked as a healthcare policy intern at a think tank, as well as a, I worked as a nutrition policy consultant at a nonprofit advocacy organization. I. Um, it was so nice to get a little bit of both sides. So while I worked in Congress, I gained a lot of experience in the general world of politics, like just how a bill becomes I'm a just law. A bill. Definitely, yeah, I'm only a bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely didn't know how uh, that worked before I moved to D.C., which is a crying shame. But I think. That's a good majority of us that go into the healthcare field. As someone who always knew that I wanted to be a physician, I spent way more time memorizing amino acid structures for the MCAT than I ever did trying to figure out what the world of policy looked like. Um, And quite honestly, to me, politics was this dirty word. It was full of deceit. It was a smoke and mirror show. I had no idea what was going on. And I would just, I prefer to just avoid it altogether but as I grew older and gained experience out of college, uh, most of which was through working for Dr. Alan Greiner in the Family Medicine Research Division here at KUMC, that I realized while the world of politics is a complicated and convoluted mess, a huge chunk of that mess stems from our healthcare care system. Um, and I mean, that's the entity that all of us are planning on dedicating our lives, our sanity, everything to. So I figured it... it was probably a good idea for me to have a little bit better understanding of policy. Um, That sparked my move to D.C. and changed the game for me forever. I'm a total sucker for health policy now and even for that beautiful swamp that we call D.C., um, I've spent the last few years of my life learning how to differentiate quality federal policy research from the junk, and where to access sound news outlets related to health policy that aren't fake news. Um, I want Health Yeah to be a one-stop shop for people like me. Right before I moved to DC, who had absolutely no concept of where to even begin when it came to having a grasp on health policy topics. So I hope that uh, we can provide that for you. That's who we are. That's us. That's why we care. So. How about we learn a little something about health policy now? The U.S. healthcare system is made up of kind of a complex bunch of insurers, if you could guess. So we like to think about it in two big boxes. We have the private health insurance side of things and the public. Um, The private is what a lot of us are probably more familiar with as students here at KUMC. The United Healthcare Plan given to students is under the same kind of concept of employer sponsored coverage. Um, That's what I'm on now. Uh, I know, Jack, that's not the case for you, right?
0: I am less than 26 years old, still mooching off mom and dad. There you go. There you go. Okay,
2: good for you, Well, I am not so lucky. I am under what is basically employer-sponsored coverage through the university. Um, That's how most Kansans are covered, actually. I believe it's a little over 50% are um, the amount of Kansans that get insurance from their employer
0: quick plug for our social media and website. We have a graphic from the Kansas Health Institute. That has mm-hmm. a wonderful outline of how exactly Kansas are covered. Go ahead Kate. Yeah Sorry. so
2: follow us and like our stuff. Anyways on so that's the private side. You also have um, a new thing that was established by, I say new, it was now eight years ago. Um, from the Affordable Care Act or more commonly known as Obamacare it established these state based Um, individual marketplaces so people like Rachel when she was trying to find coverage as a freelance photographer they are able to buy plans on the individual marketplace Um, each state sets up their own system where private plans can sell individual plans through the Kansas marketplace and then people go to healthcare.gov which is a fun buzzword um, where they can compare and contrast different plans So when they're buying through these plans, they have the opportunity to qualify for premium tax credits, which is just money from the federal government that helps them cover the cost of their premium. We pivot over to the public side of things. We have our big buckets within that box are Medicare and Medicaid. Medicare covers those that are 65 and older, and Medicaid covers um, the poor. So we're gonna talk about both Medicare and Medicaid in further detail in later episodes. But um, something that is to note here is that Medicare is run at the federal level. So there is one program that covers every single American and the United States across the board in the same way, generally speaking. Um, on the other side of things with Medicaid, it is ran at the state level. So Every single state has a unique Medicaid program that they use to cover their their citizens. So in Kansas, our Medicaid program is called CanCare. And our eligibility requirements and the way that we do things, it's all completely different than any other state. And that's going to be a really big, hot topic, as Jack and I mentioned earlier in the tea. Um, Medicaid expansion is... Um, going to be discussed in this next legislative session, and um, that's how we're going to change our CanCare program to look completely different than what it looks
0: like today. And it's interesting because it's not only eligibility requirements that can differ from state to state. Mm-hmm. You might have some states that uh, run their Medicaid program centrally out of the government. Some states utilize a third party Um, that's really there's a little bit of everything
2: yeah so with even within this one medicaid bucket that we're talking about it that's a complicated mess too um which all plays into our bigger issues that we're going to talk about in future episodes of um why this place is so expensive to have health care coverage okay so that didn't really break anything down for us i know that's still um kind of confusing how somebody gets health insurance but we have three very 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 helpful links on our website and our social media that will break things down even further so if it's you that needs health insurance coverage or maybe one of your patients these links really help break down the different options so that you or your patients can find the best options for them
0: This is the story all about how our health insurance got upside down. What is it? How do we get it? Just stay right there. We're going to tell you how... Healthcare works. We're gonna tell you how
1: in it works in Kansas, Rachel. Where you <laughs> at? all right. <laughs> we wanted to incorporate this into our first episode because it's something we will all undoubtedly have to face at some point if we haven't already, and yet something we all avoid learning about until the very last minute, or in my case, until it's too late. Um, I was hit pretty hard by the adulting train upon returning from my quaint life in the Andes, and one of that my biggest dang adulting. I know train it got me. Good. Two stops away from me. It <laughs> 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 good. So one of my biggest stressors was health insurance. Um, when I came back from Peace Corps, I was freelancing as a photographer and online English teacher. So you could consider that fun employed, I suppose. And I didn't have this employer-sponsored health insurance. Like, what's that? So I was broke as a joke and frustrated to be paying like $340 a month for terrible insurance. So I looked on the old internets oh, girl, for alternatives. And the interwebs. And the interwebs. And oh boy, are there alternatives out there? They all sounded better than my current situation and by alternatives i mean random people in texas who are so gosh darn friendly <laughs> over the phone this dang Texans will just pull you right in they got me so i happily gave them all my information because <laughs> i was sure they were gonna cut me a deal i hadn't even see called... it's not
0: just the elderly at risk
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> ignorant people like also myself Rachel. it's also reaching <laughs> <me. laughs> <laughs> anyway i hadn't even called the marketplace customer service line because i thought now nah, this is going to be a bunch of robots like i i'll save myself some time and just fall for fraud you know <laughs> just, so, just casually
2: <laughs> fall for fraud instead
1: long story short i messed up and i can see how easily this can be done and um how people are taken advantage of who are uninformed like myself and i Anyway, this is what I wish I would have known right before I gave Willie Nelson and all his cousins down in Texas my two bank account numbers <laughs> and personal information.
2: So let's, let's talk about it. Again, there's going to be a, a cute little graphic on all of our social media, as well as our website that will uh, give you a cheat sheet for these. But real quickly, let's run through premium. So when Rachel was talking about that 360 that she was paying a month before she got scammed by Willie Nelson, she that was the premium that she was paying. So this is the non-negotiable amount every month that she has to pay into her insurance pool in order to get their services. It's
1: like my monthly gym membership to my health insurance.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So that's a premium. Your deductible is this amount that's set by your insurance company that says, look, we'll let you pay into the pool. We're happy to cover you, but not until you meet your deductible. So when you go to a doctor's office, you say you get in um, some sort of crazy accident. Where and, you break your nose. Where you break your nose playing Ultimate Frisbee. And you go into the ER in Manhattan, Kansas, and um, <laughs> it costs you way too many dollars. We will pay only after you hit your deductible so um we've seen a lot of these go up in recent history We're typically i i can't i wouldn't even be able to tell you what mine is i'd have to go back and look but typically running anywhere from 500 to a couple grand uh for your deductible before your insurance kicks in they're like we'll help you but only when you first empty your pockets yeah, then yeah. we'll think about it yeah so that's another that's another chunk of change that you have to account for every year going towards health care your healthcare cost um beyond your deductible typically what an insurance company will do is require co-insurance so after you've met your deductible we will kick in ah oh, but wait we're only going to kick in a certain percentage. You still have to kick in 5%, 10%, whatever coinsurance amount your insurance company sets for you within your plan.
0: Depending on the service that you're acquiring.
2: Correct. Depending on the service. So they can e- they can either further break it down to like, okay, primary care, specialty care, XYZ. All these things, they have a different coinsurance associated with them until, here's another another ceiling tile that you have to hit is your out of pocket out-of-pocket max maximum which was established by again affordable care act obamacare they said no matter what this is the max amount of dollars that your insurance company can require that you pay out-of-pocket within a calendar year for health services still an approximate boatload of cash Mm -hmm. can confirm can confirm so going back before all this before you reach these ceilings your insurance company says well here's another perk we'll cover part of your specialty care your primary care all of these things but you will pay a copay and this is a, typically a flat fee that is associated so when you go into the doctor's office and they say okay well it's going to be 30 typically $35 today $50 today that amount that you're swiping on your card when you go into the doctor's office is your non-negotiable copay that has been established by your insurance company. You go see your doctor. They then roll that. They roll all of those charges through your insurance company. And what comes to you in the bill is your either you re- going towards your deductible or your coinsurance. That's what you get back in the mail.
0: Terminology time. Hit it. That doesn't have to be a continual thing. But I would just say to point out as something that a lot of students have heard about with uh, great lecturers at KU or just maybe have heard about on the news or otherwise is this idea of cost sharing. And so I think to to point out, cost sharing would encompass the deductible, the copay, and the coinsurance. Correct. So you look at your two bigger pots of of expenditures on health care, premiums, and cost sharing. Correct. And cost sharing can be. A deductible could also be copay, could also be co-insurance.
2: Love that, love that. And finally, your network is the network of providers that you are provided through your insurance company. They, through their little, they're behind the scenes, they are making, con- they're building contracts with providers um, to kind of establish rates. And that's the only real part of free market that we see, so... Don't worry if you blacked out for all of those definitions. We've put a cheat sheet on all of our social media as well as our blog site that you can use for reference. Um, Check out Health Yeah Kansas on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or visit healthyackansas.org. Again, that's healthyackansas, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-E-A-H-K-S.org. You'll find resources from today's and future episodes as well as stuff we find interesting and useful that we post here and there. We are excited, folks, and we hope you are too. Thanks for listening and stay woke out there. I'm Jack. I'm Rachel. I'm Kate. And, and this, this is, is Health Yeah. yeah.
0: Recording and production for this podcast was done by Health yeah in collaboration with KUMC, Department of Family Medicine Research Division. Thoughts and opinions are our own and not a reflection of the University of Kansas Medical Center. Intro and outro music used for this podcast is Southern Dreaming, performed by the Sheepdogs.